helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. And today we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is titled Seven Pillars of Emotional Well-Being. And I will be drawing these seven principles from Psalm 121. So if you have your Bibles, your smartphone, your iPad, or whatever you use to access the scripture, you can turn to it at this time because much of what I will be talking about today will be supported from these principles found in Psalm 121. I will also be drawing upon psychological literature to back up these points as well. But before I go into today's show, I want to thank those of you who has referred friends and relatives to our ministry. I'm getting a large number of people who are saying that they are coming from people who have already used our services. And to me, I am just humbled by, by that because it means that people are being helped and people are now telling others about our ministry. So, Thank you very much for that. And for those of you who have supported the show by way of making donations in any form, whether it be your volunteer time or through payment, I want to thank you also. But let's go to today's show, Seven Pillars of Emotional Well-Being from Psalm 121. Psalm 121 is a very short psalm and it reads as follows. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going forth, now and forevermore. So the first of the seven pillars of emotional well-being is found in the very first line of the psalm, where the psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. And I think that demonstrates the first point, which is action-based lifestyle. One of the principles of CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy, is that behaviors or actions shape feelings, not the other way around. Sometimes we wait to feel before we act, but that's a recipe for disaster. Whether it be something you want to achieve or whether it be a fitness goal that you have, if you wait to feel in the mood to do something, you are going to be left to the whims of your feelings. But if you decide to change that mindset to be action-based, in other words, you are acting in a certain positive way towards the the desired goal, regardless of how you feel. And you might be asking, Michael, where do you get that from that first verse, I lift up my eyes to the mountains? 
Well, the opposite of the uplifted head is to hang one head down in sorrow or mourning or dejection. So the psalmist obviously had certain problems in his mind because he's saying, I will lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? And so in that action of the uplifted head, he's saying, I am not going to hang my head in dejection and sorrow. I am not going to hang my head in despair. I am going to act in a way that is different than how I feel. I am going to lift my eyes up to the mountains, which remind me of my God, the maker of heaven and earth. And so he's not been ruled by his feelings. He's not been controlled by his emotions. He is acting in a positive way. And one of the principles of cognitive behavior therapy is that, and cognitive behavior therapy, shortened, uh, CB, shortened form is CBT, uh, is that actions shape feelings. The American Psychological Association says, quote, psychological problems are based in part on learned patterns of unhelpful behavior. So when I speak of action-based lifestyle. I'm talking about positive actions that replace those negative actions that we have come to learn over a period of time. Maybe we observe them in our parents. So, for example, someone who goes around uh, acting in negative ways, give up very easily, stop trying easily, sees uh, certain things as being hopeless and as a result display actions which portray hopelessness. That person is setting such actions, I should say, sets us up for failure. So an action-based lifestyle in this context means acting the opposite of what your emotions or your feelings are telling you to act. So the psalmist has this lifted head. He's lifting up his head to the mountains of Jerusalem. And this psalm is believed to be a, a psalm of pilgrimage, where travelers would be traveling to worship uh, in, in the mountains of Jerusalem. Uh, traveling to the, to the holy mountain, the holy city, Jerusalem. And as, as they go on this pilgrimage, they are taking actions that are designed to get them to a certain destination. So this action-based lifestyle is the opposite of hopelessness. It's the opposite of giving up. It's the opposite of staying in bed when you feel depressed. And so when, when someone is depressed, the immediate feeling is to do nothing. 
And you could say, well, sleeping or lying in bed all day in your pajamas is doing something. At least you're sleeping. But as I said, in this context of action-based lifestyle, I'm speaking of actions that are the opposite of negative actions. Changing those unhelpful learned patterns of behavior and begin to act in positive ways. Now, there are some people who are unemployed and they, they want a job. They, they are desirous of being employed, but they, are, they, are, they, are not, they have not developed this action-based lifestyle because their mindset is there, there is no one that's going to employ me. And as a result, they do not send out resumes. They do not actively go to business places and ask if they're employing. They basically do nothing towards their objective. But the action-based lifestyle is one that is anchored in hope, is one that has certain objectives in mind and act accordingly to achieve those objectives. Objective. So sending resumes, uh, going to the stores, the malls or the business places and speaking with business owners. Those are, that's the action based lifestyle that is the opposite of giving up, uh, of hanging your head in dejection, of acting in, in ways that portrays hopelessness. So that's the first point to develop this action based lifestyle. As the psalmist did when he said, I will lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The second point is to identify sources of strength. Notice that the psalmist is saying, he's asking himself this, this question, this rhetorical question, where does my help comes from? And right after that, he answers, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so while it's good to be conscious and aware of the strength that you possess as an individual, it's also good to be able to identify sources of strength outside of yourself. Because there will come a time when you might be at the end of your ropes. There might come a time when you cannot draw from that power within, but you need an external source that can help you. And the psalmist seems to have been at that point where he realized he's no match for his circumstances, that he needs help. And he says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So our help can also come from those that God has brought into our lives, the institutions that exist in our community. And I talk about at the beginning about people who are referring others, referring others to our services. I think that's a good example of identifying sources of strength because there is going to come a time when you need help. So being aware of what the sources of strength are. 
the people that you have around you that can help you uh, to achieve your desired goals, that can help you to get out of the clutches of depression and hopelessness is very important because you will not be able to be emotionally healthy by isolating yourself and being alone. You need to have others around you, and God is one of those others. God, uh, to the psalmist, is a source of strength where it says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And of course, included in that is that God uses people. There are so many people uh, sometimes who Christian people will say, I want God to help me. But be aware that God places others in your path to help you. You know, he might not send an angel from heaven to help you, but he will send your next door neighbor. He might send a church in your neighborhood. He might send uh, someone to tell you of an important source of strength, a resource that you did not hear of. And these are always all examples of how we need to be able to identify sources of strength. So the psalmist says, His source of strength comes from the Lord. But the third pillar of the third pillar of emotional well being is to confront sources of anxiety. The psalmist said in verse three, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber nor sleep. And so it might not be immediately evident, but in that verse is is an example of anxious feelings and so the expositor's bible dictionary explains this and and it's and this expositor's bible dictionary says quote the psalmist in a situation known only to him is looking with great anxiety or longing to the hills He may have looked with anxiety if he expected robbers to be hiding in the hills. The hills provided covers for mobs and vagabonds who caused great harm to travelers. So as he looked to the hills, he's conscious of his anxiety and he's confronting those anxiety those anxieties that exist in his life. He's not pretending that they don't exist. And he's naming it the hills. The hills are before me. And in those hills are potential danger. And even the the pilgrims who would go to the mountains, there were narrow paths on which they could slip to their death. And so there is anxiety in that. Even in ascending the mountain to worship, there was anxiety. And so when the psalmist says, he will not let your foot slip, it could also be a reference to the fact that as they climb these steep mountains, that that God will protect them from slipping and falling to their death. And so he's very conscious of the sources of anxiety. And my question to you is, are you able to identify the sources of anxiety in your life? 
And some of us will immediately say, yes, it's anxiety that's because of my work, or yes, it's because of my spouse. I hope there's no one that's saying that. But I do know it's a reality that even in Christian circles, there are troubled marriages. So if you're in that situation, you're not alone. There are many people who are faced with that reality. Or you might say, it's someone in my family. But a lot of time, anxieties have very deep root. root. And this deep root may go to your childhood. There are things that have happened in your life. Maybe you were sexually abused. Maybe you were physically abused. Maybe you were neglected or abandoned. And all of these things that had these negative occurrences from our childhood can be sources of anxieties. And what I see is that many times we just think about the things on the surface, but we do not realize that there is a fueling of our anxiety that is coming from the things of the past. Why do you think some people are so angry and they snap at the slightest, simplest thing that happened? It might just be uh, something as simple as someone... uh, cut them off on the road, right? And and they're, they're not in any danger of dying, but just the fact that this person cut in in front of them, they are swearing and leaning out the window and ready to fight and to, and to drive down the other person. Why do you think they're acting like that? I would say that in many of those cases, they are, there is uh, something that has happened in the past that is not dealt with and that is fueling that anxiety and that anger that they are displaying. And so, are you aware of the sources of your anxiety? Are you aware of what's triggering you that make you act in anger? Because anger is a secondary emotion. A lot of time, anger is rooted in other emotions such as anxiety and fear or sense of helplessness and so forth, or powerlessness and so forth. And so I, I would invite you to, to take stock of your life, not just of the present, but of the past, and see if you can identify what's the source of your anxiety. Michael will be right back. You've been listening to the Life Transformation Show where award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been speaking on the topic Seven Pillars of Emotional Well-Being and he has been using the scripture from Psalm 121. I hope you have been enjoying the show. You can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Your donations help us to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to those who can't afford it. Back to Michael. And the fourth uh, point, the fourth pillar of emotional well-being that we find in the psalm is is there is a sense of connectedness and i would say if you are going to if you are going to be emotionally well you need to develop this sense of connectedness so i talked about the fact that the psalmist in in writing this psalm maybe was thinking of a pilgrimage uh, to the city of jerusalem 
to, to worship in the holy mountains of Jerusalem. And so he's not isolating himself despite his problems. He's connecting with others by going on this pilgrimage up the mountain. But we also see another evidence of connectedness in this psalm where he has this deep sense of being connected to his God. Because in verse 5 he said, The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And he's speaking about his own experience. He's saying, I'm not going to fear. I'm, I'm not going to, I, I'm not in any danger because God is with me, is the shade on my right hand. How many of you have sheltered from the sun, from the, the rays of the, the blazing sun, uh, by going under the cover of a tree, for example? One of the things that you have to do to be sheltered by a tree is to go as close as possible to that tree. And you have to stand in a certain way so that you are close enough that the tree provides a shelter from the heat. And so what the psalmist is saying when he said, the Lord is my shade, he's saying, I am so close to God that he cast a shadow over me. Isn't this wonderful? When you think of that analogy, it gives me goosebumps as I think about this right now, because what he's saying is that God is so close to me that he shelters me. And so in the, in the psalm, he goes on to say that the sun will not harm him by day, nor the moon by night. In other words, the rays of the sun cannot get through to him because God he is his shelter. So there's a strong sense of connectedness. And many of us fall apart mentally because we have no connection. We have no connection to others. We have no connection to God. And and so one of the best things that you can do for your emotional well-being is to get connected. Join a support group. Join a church. Become a member of your community organization. If you're an immigrant, find where the, your association from your country is and get to know people because it's important for you not to isolate. Depression, anxiety, fear, and other mental illnesses grows grow in isolation. And so the fifth point is to attend to your physical state. Many of us neglect our physical state. We do not pay attention to the sleep that we are getting. We do not pay attention to the exercise that we need to get to stay healthy. But the psalmist was very attentive to his physical state because we find this in verse 6 that I referred to earlier on when he said, the sun will not harm him by day. And so the psalmist in this pilgrimage that he's about to go on as he ascends the hills, the, the, the hills uh, to, to, the, to, to worship is that he needs to be protected from the heat because the heat will drain his strength. And if he's not protected, if he does not travel in a way that he's not drained of energy, he will be in no position to worship when he gets to the temple. And so the psalmist is, 
is paying attention to his physical state. And in in this declaration that he's making to God, he's saying, God is going to protect me from this heat, from the harmful rays of the sun. So he's paying attention to his physical state. But there is also in that in that under this heading of paying attention to his physical state, maybe we could have this as a part B or maybe as another point separately because he also goes on to say he will be protected from the the the, the moon by night. In other words, that God will protect him from the harmful rays of the sun by day and from the moon at night. Now, why would someone need to be protected from the moon? Certainly, the moon does not give give off heat rays that would cause damage. But you see, the ancients believed that many mental illnesses were caused by the rays of the moon, by being exposed to moonlight. And maybe maybe that's where we get the word lunatic from, from lunar, from the word lunar, we get lunatic. And so this sense that the, 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 the moonlight is harmful would be very common in the psalmist day. And so the psalmist is saying that God is protecting him. So that would be the, the sixth point uh, that could come under the sixth point as well. I'll talk more about that, but let's talk a little bit more about the physical state because I think this is important. So the, the physical state is very, very important. Getting enough sleep, exercising, eating properly. So many of us would not need medication if we paid attention to our physical state. And then the sixth point is to develop a positive mindset. With regards to cognitive behavior therapy, the American Psychological Association says psychological problems are based in part on faulty or unhelpful ways of thinking. The whole psalm is written in a positive manner. The problems are all expressed in positive ways. In other words, he doesn't focus on the robbers that might be in the mountain. They are hinted, but they are not brought out in the psalm because his focus is more on the Lord that will protect him. And so I think it's important, if you're going to be emotional or well, that you, you develop a positive mindset where you talk about things in a positive way, where you journal, you start a thought, Thanksgiving journal. And so it, it's important to, to develop that. And so the seventh point is that we need to develop also a spiritual lifestyle. Notice what the, 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 the psalmist, as he expresses himself in this psalm, he talks about God. He talks about the hills. And the, the expositor's Bible commentary Quote says, he may also have looked with great anticipation to the hills if he were on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And so hidden among the hills was the holy city, Jerusalem, unquote. So here is this psalmist where he is looking towards the hill with anticipation. There is fear, but there is also anticipation because he's looking towards the time that he's going to spend worshiping God with the other worshipers as they journeyed to the city of Jerusalem. And so developing a spiritual life 
lifestyle is very, very important. There are many studies that have been done. In one study in particular that has been done by Harold Koenig, he said that uh, spirituality is very effective for coping with adversity. And this is in his article, Spirituality and Health, the Research and Clinical Implications. And in it, he shows that spirituality helped with a number of problems, including irritable bowel syndrome, uh, dealing with, with the death of a loved one, dealing with cancer, uh, and coping with kidney disease and all sorts of illnesses he outlined that people dealing with these medical conditions dealt with them better if they had a spiritual mindset. So there you have the the seven pillars of emotional well-being. If you missed the first part of this show, you can listen to it by going to our website, elimcounselingministry.com. I also want to remind you that we are not for a profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air. If you have not yet donated, you can and donate to our website. We also have over 250 podcasts like this one on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. You can also call us at 1-877-544-3546. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services. Thank you so much for listening and praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.